Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Change Your Thinking, Change Your Life podcast. My name is Michelle Burkhardt, and I'm your host. So today we're following up on an episode that we did yesterday, and this one is entitled uh, How to Succeed in Any Relationship. So I'm going to share with you several principles about having a really good relationship. Uh, there's a, a, a saying I'm going to say several times, and you're probably going to want to write this one down. How a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. So I'm going to talk about several different dynamics of of showing up in a relationship. I'm going to use one example so that it kind of helps our mind wrap around these principles uh, and really challenge you to go through and try to decide for yourself, okay, who can I work on with these principles? How can I get better at this? Um, and instead of looking at people as, oh my gosh, you're not doing X, Y, and Z, you're not doing the change that I want, right? Um, looking at them and trying to understand why and what can I do to help you? Um, so in the end, getting you the result that you want, just maybe in a different way than you're ever, you've ever been, I've been used to doing. Okay. Um, you're probably going to want to write notes for this one. Uh, and I'm just going to take a stab in the dark. This might be one of those that you want to come back to and listen to over and over again. Okay. And think about too, who in your life do you know struggles with relationships? You know, it could be a friend who keeps coming back to you and, and tells you about that one relationship over and over and over again, but there's no change. Or it could be, you know, a, a coworker that's just seeming to, to really, really struggle with some, some people in her personal life. Um, it could be a team member who, for whatever reason, is, is really having an issue with your boss. So think about the people in your life who you might be able to give a gift to by sharing this podcast episode. Okay. You might want to listen to it first and then share it, share it with them after. Um, but just be thinking about them as you go through. Okay. Awesome. Enjoy. So let's talk about how to succeed in any relationship. So I have a a suspicion that this is probably going to be one of those most listened to podcast episodes. Uh, So feel free to share this with anybody. So what we're talking about today works with any casual relationship. Okay. So that's like bumping into somebody out in the community, um, seasonal relationships. So people who come into your life for a season, then leave special relationship. Those people that you spend the most time with that you tend to love more than others. Right. Uh, and any relationship in your personal or your professional life. Okay. Now there's a statement and, and I actually threw this up on my Facebook page yesterday and we've been having some great discussion around it. Um, it basically says how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. Now, you know, I, it's funny because as I was going through all the, that discussion, there were many people who were like, uh, I hope that's not true (laughs) because they're seeing people who are showing up in uh, a more negative fashion. And they're like, yeah, that can't possibly be from me. Uh, and then there are other people who are like, oh yeah, yeah, I totally get that. Like I have been, you know, the jerk in somebody's story and they have shown up that way. Right. Um, but I really want to show you today how this plays out. And, you know, as I was thinking through how, how am I going to show you this? Because I could use a million different examples, 
But I think sometimes it's really helpful when you have one example to follow through all of the points. So today's example I'm going to share with you is uh, as I'm working with somebody through the coaching process. Okay. So uh, the reason why I chose this is because, you know, you, you may be listening and you're like, yeah, Michelle, but I'm not a coach. Okay. You don't have to be a coach or a life coach or curriculum coach or whatever kind of coach that you are. You could be a leader, right? So you could be a leader in a leadership position. So, so I hope that you're using coaching philosophies. And if you want to know more about that, let me know. Um, we're opening up actually at the end of the month, uh, our empowered leaders membership group. So if you want to jump into that group where it teaches you all things about leadership and coaching, let me know. Uh, we've kind of, uh, closed the doors a little bit ago, but we're going to open them up again at the end of the month. So if you want to be in that group, let me know. So uh, it also includes people who are basically trying to help any other person make a change, which would be who? Uh, just about everybody, <laughs> right? Because remember yesterday we talked about this idea of, um, you know, let them be who they are. And we approached this concept of we as, you know, human beings tend to interact with other people and we try to change them, Right. Now we try to be helpful while we're doing it. It's not like we're being a jerk, but yet it kind of drives our behavior that way. So if you want to succeed in any relationship, I want you to really listen to the principles I'm going to share with you today, but I'm going to talk about it in the frame of a relationship from a coach working with a client. Okay. But remember, it could be any person trying to help anybody else make a change. Okay. So, uh, I work with a lot of coaches, uh, you know, people who are building a coaching business, um, people who are health coaches who are excellent at the health stuff, but trying to, you know, just, just understand how do you do that as a business? Um, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs who are trying to use coaching and sales together, which you can do. Uh, you just have to be very ethical about it. Uh, and I work with a ton of education coaches. So these coaches, um, span really the gamut of what you call a coach. So they could be, um, in early childhood field, they're, they're considered early childhood specialists, uh, you know, K-12, it can be a curriculum coach, a literacy coach, you name it. You're basically in charge of having, um, you know, helping a, a person or a group of people make a change. That's what coaching typically is seen as. Okay. So you want to make them make a change. Now, typically when you're the coach working with a client and you want them to make a change, why? Let's go back to the purpose of why we want them to make a change. So if you're a coach, I want you to actually pause this right now and ask yourself, why do you want people to make a change? Okay. Now, so there is the, the stated reason. And there's typically the underlying reason. And this may or may not apply to you. I'm just going to share with you that after working with hundreds of coaches, this is what I've noticed. So the stated reason usually has something to do with, I want them to, to, you know, grow. I want them to learn. I want them to be the best that they can be right. Which is all lofty and noble. And then when we get down to the real nitty gritty, because the reason why a coach is reaching out to me is because their people aren't making the change. And when we figure out the purpose, here are some of the reasons why. Um, so sometimes coaches go in and uh, I want you to make a change because it's going to justify me being here and doing this work. Okay. 
So, you know, if you don't make a change, then all of a sudden my work is invalidated. Especially if you're doing this as a business, I find that, you know, people are, um, definitely wanting you to make a change. And then if you don't make a change, you know what happens? They usually say that there's something wrong with you. You didn't follow the process. You didn't do something. And therefore, you know, because you didn't follow my process and you didn't get a, a result that you wanted, you, there's something wrong with you. Can't be, possibly be about me, right? Remember how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. So it will justify my work or it will help me meet some accountability measure. So if I come in and I tell you as a teacher, you need to change X, Y, and Z, and you don't, we're both going to get in trouble. Okay. Um, I, Hey, I want to renew my contract. I want you to get a result because I want you to keep paying me. Right. And of course, of course, there's still the underlying, you know, I definitely want to see you grow and become your full potentiated self. Okay. Now, one of the things I see that happens, especially in this uh, relationship where one person is helping another to change, whether it's, you know, willingly or not, is there's a lot of telling happening. <laughs> there's some, some nagging, some criticizing, um, you know, it's never outright, you know, somebody's not going to come into the, the classroom or the, or the um, boardroom and say, hey man, you're screwing everything up. Now, I don't know, may, they might. Um, there's some co people out there who are calling themselves coaches who are, you know, borderline mentors who are basically just out there on a stage, you know, yelling and swearing and telling you to get your act together. Um, that's not coaching. The, again, borderline mentoring. And if that works for you, have at it. That will never be me. Okay. Um, so you can tell people what to do. However, um, it's, it's never going to work. Okay. It, that principle, that philosophy never gets people to their highest potential. If I come right in and I tell somebody, you need to do this, guess what? There's so much resistance in the background. Uh, if you didn't come in with a, a relationship and a connection with that person, there is no agreement that whatever you said is going to be good for me. And therefore I'm just going to tell you, no, and I might not tell, tell it to you outright. I might just wait until you leave and then tell my coworker what a, what a, you know, blankety blank you are. Okay. And again, you know, how you treat your coaching clients really depends on the purpose of why you're even doing this. Okay. I, I think about it this way. There's a, a question I like to ask myself a lot. And this honestly, again, has to do with any relationship. Do I spend more time thinking about how others need love and support or how I can do that for other people? Or let me rephrase that. Do I spend more time thinking about how others need to love and support me or how I can do that for other people? So do you spend time thinking in the morning how can I go about my day today and support and love the people in my life? Maybe you're working from home. Your spouse is working from home. Your kids are now doing online learning at home. Do you wake up in the morning and ask yourself, how can I love and support them in the way that they need today? Or do you have this underlying question that's like, oh my gosh, am I going to get what I need today? Is my husband going to love me the way that I want? Um, are my children going to treat me with, with love and respect like I want? 
right? Now, I would venture to say for most people, it's not that either or thing. And you definitely think about how I can support other people. However, you know, let, let me talk about this a little bit. So for example, with my, my husband, you know, do, do I spend more time thinking about what I need from him or what he can give me? Or do I think about how can I love him the way that he needs to be loved? It's a good question, right? Um, do my kids follow my rules or am, do I allow them to be the people that they need to be? A great example of this, listen, I'm not saying children shouldn't follow rules. Please don't, don't, don't write that down and do not email me about that. But what I'm saying is, um, you know, with our, our kids, we've been having lots of discussions lately because they're getting older. Like, Hey, I want you to know, here's, here's what needs to get done today. What is your plan for making that happen? And it's interesting because based on their personalities, they have very different ways of looking at it. So one child will be like, Hey man, I got to get that done right now so I can go have freedom. Right. Another one waits till the very last minute and then gets all flustered and, and stressed. And I'm like, Hey, that, that, that's your, your plan. Right. And, and so I'm trying to help that child understand, listen, it's okay to have that plan. Is this how you like to feel? You can always change your plan and you can always change your feelings. You just need to know this is your preset pattern that you have somehow created over time. And if that works for you, that's just fine. And if it doesn't, you also have permission to change it. Right now I still get, you know, this is what needs to be done. So these are your chores, right? But how they do it is totally on them. So they're still following the rules, but they're doing it in their own way. Okay. Um, what about your boss? You know, I've, I've talked to a ton of people lately, um, that their bosses just are not supporting them. Okay. <laughs> Quick question. When you think about your boss, do you think only about how your boss could be doing a better job? Or do you think about how you might be able to help and serve and support your boss? Ooh, that'll get you, right? And, you know, the, I think that's a really good question to, to think about because, again, how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. Can you just imagine for a minute, you know, all of the things that your boss might be having to deal with right now in this pandemic, all of the things that you're dealing with and then some, um, could you imagine if you're, if you were the boss and somebody came up to you and said, you know, Hey man, uh, you know, I, I want to, um, I want you to do this, that, and the other thing right over and over again. And it just added to their stress. Could you imagine that? How would you feel if that happened? So how you show up with your boss is uh, intimately connected with how they show up with you. Is this starting to make sense? Okay. Um, so I, I think about, um, you know, a coaching client, if I'm working with a coaching client, this is a great example. Do I spend more time thinking about how they are going to support me or how I can support them? And this goes to, kind of to a money mindset, if you will. Uh, a lot of people who are building coaching businesses, they're like, oh man, I got to show up here because, you know, this person is paying me. No, man, you got to show up because that person needs you to ask a great question so they can start thinking about things in a different way so they can change their life. That's why you need to show up. And guess what? When you do that, you know what happens? money goes into your account. But what do you focus more on? 
I talked to a coach the other day who is just so burnt out on this whole coaching process because, you know, he, he's like, I'm just trying to make money. I'm trying to make money. Well, you know, I don't know, but your purpose that you have clearly stated is that you want to help people to learn and grow. So it sounds like there's a mismatch with your, your beliefs here. So we need to kind of, you know, work on that. Okay. So you can only control how you show up. This is a whole nother thing that also came out of that Facebook interaction yesterday is so many people were like, okay, I can't control if that guy is a jerk. Okay. Listen, there's all kinds of reasons why that guy might be saying or doing things a certain way. And who gets to determine if that guy is a jerk? Well, you do, right? Because sometimes people do and say things and you think they're a jerk, but the guy next to you is just like, oh no, that's no big deal. It is what it is. Right? So you get to determine if they're a jerk or not. And then based on whether you think they're a jerk or not, now your behavior is going to be channeled that way. If you think that person is a jerk and giving you a hard time, guess what? You're going to give them a hard time back. Why? Because how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. Are you getting it now? Okay. So you can only control how you show up to any interaction. Let's say that guy is having a really hard day and very stressed and showing up and, you know, you come into the interaction. I'm going to give you five, actually, uh, eight different, really great things. So you show up, you, you do these eight things and all of a sudden that guy seems to be less of a jerk. Why? Because you showed up, you played full out and now you have changed that person's life. Okay. Here, here's a couple of things, eight things really. Okay. So the first one is accept where they are. You know, this is the hardest thing when you are in charge of helping somebody to make a change and to learn and grow. It's the hardest thing to accept them where they are because you, you constantly see, yes, and there's this over here that's really great for you. Right. Um, when you're talking to somebody who lacks awareness in a certain area and you can see it and you're like, yeah, you just need to do this, this and this. Just do that and you'll get what you want. It's really hard to just accept that this is where they're at right now. And this is a part of the process. Now, I'm saying this too, as a, a coaching client, I've got mentors, I've got coaches that work with me. And so I've got to remind myself, okay, this person sees something different than I do. And they really are trying to help me. Okay. Um, so accept where they are. That's the first thing. The second thing is, is coming from a place of unconditional acceptance and love that there's no conditions on you being there to support them. I have had coaching clients before that because of their personality types, there might've been a little mismatch. And I had to just say, listen, I am here for them. No matter what happens, I am here for them. Now there's been some people where, you know, after a time you lovingly release them because you're just like, you know, this mismatch may or may not be the best for us. So I'm just going to let you go if you want. Um, there's some, some other people I've been trying to let go for years and they just keep coming back. Right. That's okay. How can I be there for you without judgment? Uh, there's a, a question I always like to ask myself. How can I serve you best? 
Sometimes I just ask myself that. Sometimes I'll actually ask the client that, you know, getting on the call and, you know, they kind of, especially if you've been working with them for a while, you get on and then, you know, they, they spew forth all the, all the stuff that's happening. Awesome. How can I serve you best today? What do you need? Now I might have, you know, 10 different ideas of how I could help you. Right. But if I ask the question, how can I serve you best? And they give me one answer. Guess what? That's exactly where they're at. And that's exactly what they need for right now. Too many times I work with coaches and they're like, I don't understand why I'm not seeing results with my clients. I'm like, well, cause you came in and you assumed you knew what the problem was. And because you assumed the problem, you assumed the solution and you didn't ask, how can I serve you best? You might have a very large toolbox, but if you're not pulling out the right tool when it's needed, it doesn't matter. Um, the next tip is, is show up, play all out. Um, you know, especially if you're in a position where you're helping somebody make a change, listen, you cannot come into this feeling tired, feeling exhausted, feeling stressed out. You have got to get yourself to a place. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, says, you know, you, you got to do your own work. You have to do your own work before you go in to help somebody. You have to know, okay, where am I at on my stress level? What do I need to do to, to lower my own stress level? I cannot tell you how many times I've actually seen this in effect where a coaching, uh, excuse me, a client has gone in to work with their own client and I've observed their stress being passed on to the client. And it's just this big old stress storm that's happening. And then they come out and they're like, I don't understand why we had a negative interaction. Uh, I do back up about 20 minutes. I'll tell you exactly what went wrong because how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love this analogy. I, I really was playing around with this thought the other day when I was on my walk, um, talking about your, your buttons, right? That, that people push our buttons, don't they? Um, they just have a, especially our special relationships, the people we're closest to, they tend to know what our buttons are and they push them a lot. <laughs> um, and there's all kinds of reasons why they push our buttons, but let me just give you this scenario. So, uh, someone pushes your button. So I'm going to use a, uh, an example of my husband only because, you know, we like to push our, each other's buttons back and forth. So let's say Josh pushes my button, right? So, um, one of them is when I'm having a moment, uh, his, his button is, he just, the kids call it, he just pokes the bear. Like he, he doesn't stop and ask, you know, how can I help you in this moment? He just keeps poking. Now it's just a, it's a thing we're working on. It's neither here nor there. It's not good or bad. It just is. Okay. So let's say he's poking the bear. He's pushing my buttons. Um, is he hurting me? Well, no, he isn't hurting me. What's hurting me is that the button got pushed. So somewhere along the line, I created this button that said, push me right? And basically, you know, because of things that happen when you're a kid, I mean, everything kind of goes back to that only in that those are the patterns that were created for you. So somewhere along those lines, there was a button that was created for me. Um, and I, you know, said, oh, I don't have support in this time. And that bothers me. Okay. And it causes me pain. 
So in that moment, when he's pushing my buttons, he isn't causing me pain. The button is causing me pain because there are other times when I'm, you know, going through something maybe less stressful and he pushes the same buttons and he doesn't get the same effect because it's not the same button, if that makes sense. Okay. Because I look at it as like, oh, it's no big deal here, but for some reason it's a big deal over here. So my relationship with Josh reveals the button that was created. It, it, does that make sense? It's, it's not Josh that is hurting me. It's he's pushing a button that I created. That's I it's causing me pain. So that relationship reveals the button to me. And when you, when you look at that and you say, oh, there's a button. And then you begin working on changing that button. Whoo, all of a sudden, you know, your life changes. So if, if I'm going in to work with a coaching client and something they say or do kind of <laughs> just doesn't hit me right, I don't go and tell that person, oh no, you can't say or do that, right? Because again, go back to that acceptance piece. But I'm, I'm going to get real curious to say, why does that bother me? Why is that a button? Where was that created and how do I need to take care of that? Okay. Um, another tip is ju just notice and observe and try not to have any judgment about what they say or do. Notice and observe. Coaches who do a lot of questioning and listening, noticing and observing are the most successful coaches and their clients get the most results. That's why I'm so against people who stand on a stage and yell at people, curse at people and call themselves a coach. No, you are not a coach. Okay. And if your people get results, it's in spite of you, not because of you. Okay. So try to notice and observe what's happening. And then, you know, just question your own thinking. So this is a, a skill that I try to teach my, my coaching clients who are out there coaching as you're coming out of your session spend some time, you know, if, if, if you're going to do, let's say a half an hour session or a 45 minute session, have 15 minutes where you're like, okay, let me, let me back up a little bit. And what came out of that session, uh, that I might need to do some questioning on. So if you want to understand a little bit more of questioning your thinking, I would highly recommend that you plug into Byron Katie's work. Um, uh, accepting what is, is a great one to start with. And she's got this inquiry process that makes you kind of go through and, and think about things from different perspectives. It's a great read. It really is. Um, and then the last tip, I guess, is just this idea of love and service. When you're coming from a place of, of loving and wanting to serve another person, i.e. servant leadership, what happens is you have more understanding about that person. Okay. More acceptance of who they are, where they're at right now. And from that comes change. John Maxwell talks about this law of leadership all the time, the law of buy-in. He says people do not buy, they buy into the leader first and then the vision. When you're a coach and you're coming in and you want to create that change, you have got to have relationship, connection, understanding, acceptance. You've got to have all of that first. And then from there, the change seems to happen almost instantly without any work and without a lot of momentum. But what I see is many coaches trying to go in and tell people what to do and going, 
I don't understand why this isn't working. Well, it's not working because how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. Think about it. Okay. A couple examples and then I'll let you go here. So I, I, I was thinking about how can I really share this with you? So, um, the first thing I think about, of course, is with, with my husband, just because that's a special relationship. And so I think it's important to, to examine those, you know, if I want Josh to show up and, and be more of a leader, right? So, I guess in our relationship, I am more of a natural leader. He is more of a, a leader that shows up in characteristics that tend to be quieter, if that makes sense. He's still a natural leader. It just doesn't show up in the same way. If I want him to be more of a leader, there's several things I need to do to show up for him. Number one, I need to notice when he is being a leader and notice him being a leader in different ways than what I think a leader is. I need to notice that I need to value him, not just as my husband or as a, as a good guy, but I need to value him as a leader. And you know what? I need to let him lead. There are many times when, you know, I just kind of jump in because somebody has got to do something right. And he's leading in a different way. And because I don't notice and observe him leading in a different way, that changes our dynamic. Okay. And, you know, if it doesn't happen in my certain way, guess what? That's a button. I need to go back and I need to question, hmm, what is my thinking about leadership? Does that make sense? And when I do those things, guess what? That's going to provide him the, the area for growth and opportunity. He's actually going to grow into that leader. Okay. With my coaching clients, do I love and accept them? Do I ask great questions? Do I do my own work beforehand? Do I prepare myself to, to be there and show up and, and play all out? Do I ask them, how can I serve you? Right? So if you want to have um, success in any relationship, I guarantee you, go back. I hope you took good notes, but go back, re-listen to this one. Um, this, this might be one you need to listen to several times. Um, go back and try to pinpoint all those principles that we just shared and ask yourself, how well am I doing with this? And not just, you know, how well am I doing in my special relationships, but how well am I doing with my employees or my teammates or my boss or, you know, name anybody. How well am I doing this? Now, you do not have to work on these things with every single relationship. I would highly recommend you not to do that because then your brain's going to like blow up and you're going to say, yeah, I'm not doing this ever again. However, if you choose, you know, every morning you just say, okay, today, based on my schedule, this is what I have going on. Um, you know, is there a, a meeting with a certain person or is there a certain client that you're working with? Or, you know, just choose one person and say, okay, how can I work on some of these principles with them? I think that that will really serve you well. Okay. And as always, if you need anything, if you are just like struggling through thinking through this and you need a little bit of help, reach out to me. I would love to have a conversation with you. Okay. Awesome. Remember how a person shows up for us is intimately connected to how we show up for them. So if you're wondering why that person's being a jerk, you might have to ask yourself, am I adding to that? Am I helping? Am I hindering? You know, the answer is not always, you know, me, I'm the problem. I don't want you to, to understand that, but I do want you to think about, is there anything that you could do to make it better? Okay.
Awesome. I hope that this added value to you. I hope it really gets you thinking. And I really, really hope that you take this on and you say, you know what, I'm going to do this. This is going to be my, my growth thing. Maybe for the rest of the month of October, you just, you just commit to this is what I'm going to do. Okay. Awesome. So with that, I release you into the wild, go forth and prosper. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time. All right. Bye-bye.